Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC on WHTC.com and on the WHTC app for your smartphone. Once again, here's your host, Gary Stevens. Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC. And we're talking transportation right now, talking about state transportation with John Richard of MDOT. He is in the uh, Grand Rapids office and handles uh, informing people about what's going on with MDOT in uh, projects and matters around these parts. John joins us this morning over the phone. John, good morning and welcome back to WHTC. It's been a while, sir. Uh, it has been a while. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Let's talk, first of all, about something that's near and dear to you. We've conversed about it a few years ago, and I want to bring this back up. It's called Michigan Toward Zero Deaths. Uh, as of early this month, the numbers are this. 16 people died on Michigan roadways um, since la- uh, since the beginning of the month. Uh, making a total of 79 for the year. In addition, 66 more people were 66 more were seriously injured for a statewide total of 251 to date. But compared to last year at this time, three fewer fatalities, 54 fewer serious injuries. Yeah, it's slightly down. But as you've mentioned to us in the past, John, the number should be zero. We did interviews with the general public years ago, and we asked them, you know, what's an acceptable number of deaths, you know, per week, per month, per year on roadways? And people would say, oh, you know, 5, 10, 20. And then we'd ask them, what is acceptable for your family? What's the goal for, you know, if deaths in your family regarding, regarding traffic? And, of course, everyone said, well, zero. But... It's so disturbing. I see these stats every Tuesday. And you said 16 from last week. That's actually low. It's usually 20 to 25 people die every week in crashes. And we do what we can to make the system as safe as possible. But the numbers are staggering. And it's been like this for decades. You look back in the 70s and the 80s throughout the United States, 30,000 deaths, 40,000 deaths in the 70s and 80s. And even even currently, it's around 30,000 nationwide uh, traffic deaths each and every year. And just in Michigan, again, it's about 25 people, it seems, every single week. And a lot of these crashes can be avoided. And I know people call them accidents. We're trying to change the vernacular because they're really not accidents. If you're speeding, if you're tailgating, if you're drunk, uh, if you're not paying attention, that's really not an accident. It's a crash. And we're trying to get those numbers down to zero, but it's a really difficult task because human behavior is extremely difficult to engineer for. And with Many of the advancements we have, John, in terms of motoring, uh, uh, different uh, ways of communicating, uh, the hands-free law certainly uh, is supposed to help in that regard. It's a lot of it is now it's a case of there's a lot of distractions within the vehicle itself that sometimes you get tied up with all the distractions and all of a sudden, you know, you're in a situation where you shouldn't be. Well, yeah, the next time you're at an intersection waiting to turn left or just waiting, just look at drivers. Uh, there's a high amount of number of drivers that aren't even looking through the windshield because they're glancing down in their lap and their phone or their navigation system or anything. Well, just like you said, there's so many distractions in the vehicle that it's wreaking havoc on the roadways. And people are taking chances. And, you know, it's, it's a stressful time. I think people are kind of tuned up stress-wise anyway. 
and then you get in the in the car behind the wheel, and somebody cuts you off, and people absolutely lose their mind. Um, I mean, just on my work work today, I slowed somebody down, and they gave me the you know what, and I caught up next to them at the at the, at the red light ten seconds ahead. So, in hindsight, I didn't slow them down at all, but they sure let me know about it. And you know, it is stressful and it's dangerous, and there's there's got to be a big culture shift of some kind because the numbers again are disturbing and staggering and you just shake your head over a situation earlier this month south of grand haven where we had uh, right now what looks to be a road rage incident in which two youngsters were uh, critically injured had to be uh, basically taken to ellen devos and it was a case of uh, you know a family of five and here's the thing it, not only is it road rage that was involved, but also the fact that the two kids that were seriously injured were thrown from the vehicle, which leads to believe that maybe they were not in child restraint seats. You just compound the problem. Yeah, and that seems to be on the rise, too. People not using their seatbelt, which just makes no sense. I mean, to me, that's bonkers. I like to ask people, well, if you knew you were going to get into a crash, would you have your seatbelt on or off? And, of course, most people answer, well, I've got to have my seatbelt on. So why you don't use that all the time makes zero sense. Now, the other thing, too, John Richard from MDOT is the fact that for many older people, they are used to, uh, let's put it this way, for the most part, people are now, I would think, acclimated to buckling up when they're in the front seat. It's been the law for a number of years. Uh, it's almost reflected you know, reflex for a lot of drivers, even those of us who are a little bit older. But backseat, still not as much of a reflex for the older set uh, than it is for the younger set. Uh, they're used to, you know, piling people in the back seats of vehicles. Uh, the station wagon era was still uh, 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 there. So the backseat, to a certain extent, is still needs some more time before people makes it automatically reflex of uh, putting on the belts back there, whereas in the front, it's it's almost reflective now. Well, strangely enough, people have gotten creative when it comes to turning off that little alarm that goes off when you're not wearing your seatbelt. Um, I've, <laughs> I've seen people click the seatbelt and then get in, so they don't have to listen to the alarm and they don't have to wear the seatbelt. But as far as the backseat is concerned, of course, that's personal responsibility. Uh, you have to be a parent. you got to make sure the kids are, are buckled in, strapped in. Uh, it's inexcusable because uh, anything can happen on the roadway, and if you're not prepared for it um, as you know best as possible, then that's you know that can be that can be your own fault. Because a lot of times people get in crashes, and it's completely unavoidable, uh, and they're an innocent bystander. So you got to be prepared and do what you can and buckle up at all times. We're talking with John Richard. He is with the Michigan Office of. Uh, Transportation Department of Transportation, the Grand Rapids office here. We're talking a little bit about Michigan towards zero deaths and the fact that, uh, you know, this is something that John has been very much involved with for over a decade now. And what's distressing, John, is the fact that you say that we're not really making that much progress after 10 plus years on it. Uh, that That is indeed a little distressing. Uh, it is, and again, it's that human element. You take out, um, you know, ninety-five percent of those crashes could be avoided, whether it's distraction, tailgating, speeding, taking chances. There's so many factors um, that that go into it, and 
I like to tell people you, it, these stats really won't change until the robots take over, right? Because if you take out the human element and have the autonomous vehicles driving for you, of course, that's going to offer a whole other set of issues. But the human factor has been the one constant since we've started driving. And if you look back again, even back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, thousands and thousands of traffic deaths each and every year. And the numbers have gotten better as vehicles have gotten safer. But since there's that, you know, many more drivers on the road, the numbers have you know, relatively kind of stayed consistent when it comes to nationwide deaths. So autonomous vehicles, is that the answer? Are safer vehicles the answer? I don't know. But now these EVs are three, 4,000 pounds heavier than regular vehicles. Now that's becoming an issue. Um, is the guardrail is, is safe enough? And we do what we can to make the system as safe as possible with guardrail, cable guardrail, uh, roundabouts, diverging diamond interchanges, rumble strips, you know, all kinds of stuff. But the, at the end of the day, the number one safety feature in any vehicle is the driver. We're talking with John Richard of the Michigan Department of Transportation about motoring safety and uh, making sure that uh, – Everyone involved on our roadways makes it to the destination safely, and especially those who are working on roadways. The death earlier this month of a Michigan State Police trooper who was trying to uh, uh, coordinate traffic up in the, uh, actually helping a motorist that was disabled up in the Birch Run area, lost his life. Uh, The other, you know, we had an incident in Ottawa County a little bit earlier this winter where a deputy got hit uh, by a vehicle that was basically skidded into him as he was trying to uh, block off traffic following a crash on U.S. 31. Uh, The safety of those who are not only on area roadways working, first responders, uh, have, shall we say, been reinforced by these couple of incidents, not only moving over, but also being aware of their circumstances in that regard. Yeah, people have to slow down. We have to work together. If you see a crew working on the side of the road or anything on the side of the road, it's not just the person that's in that lane. It's the person that's in the next lane, too. You've got to let those people over. You've got to drive as a team, and that's difficult for people to do. It's really difficult for people to maintain focus at all times, and that's really the biggest issue, in my opinion. People tune out because driving is pretty easy, right? It's pretty easy to do. So I think that's why people zone out behind the wheel, especially if they're driving for long periods of time. But it, it is tragic. And being a, um, a first responder or a police officer or a maintenance crew, it's it's one of the most dangerous jobs in the world. And I've been on the side of the road on the shoulder on 131 uh, on a maintenance crew. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's disturbing. You have to uh, build up your nerve to do that job a lot of times. Like those guys that are just starting out for the first time, you know, they've got their head in a swivel, and then they get used to it, and they um, become complacent a little bit. So it's really up to the motorists to pay extra attention to those crews on the side of the road because it is one of the most dangerous places in the world to be. Because you've got those people are just flying. You've got uh, the teenager that wants to drive 80 miles an hour, and you've got uh, the grandma that wants to go 60 miles an hour. So those speed differentials make a big difference in safety. And again, that goes back to the uh, you know autonomous vehicles and the computers, the robots taking over. So in that regard, there'll be a more constant, consistent flow of traffic as opposed to everyone going at different speeds. So 
really, I think technology is the answer to make the roads safe as possible, but we're a long way away from that, you know, regarding technology-wise and just regarding the mentality of people not losing control or, you know, uh, giving up that control behind the wheel because a lot of people like to drive. Uh, I would feel out of control if I was in the back seat having an autonomous vehicle take over, you know, because, like, you know, I think I'm a good driver, just like, <laughs> just like everyone else does. But I think it's a combination of technology and a change in the mindset uh, to make the road safer. The other thing, too, and you brought up a very good point about awareness and alertness. It is one thing when you can see a crew working on the side of a road or a first responder situation in front of you and you can make the move. It is another thing when all of a sudden you're seeing a backup and you cannot, you know, it it is a lengthy one and you cannot see why and then you kind of shake your, your, you shrug your shoulders like, okay, what's going on here? Why is everybody backed up? What's the deal? And, and some people get a little upset because they can't see things that might be a mile or a half mile or maybe around a bend and people are slowing down. They're doing their job, but then we have problems, you know, further back on the road. Yeah, and it could be anything. It could be a crash. It could be somebody rubbernecking. Uh, there are a thousand reasons why somebody slows down, and it has that ripple effect that could go on for, you know, miles as far as congestion is concerned. Uh, but there are plenty of resources out there to know before you go. So if you look at Google Maps, it's a great resource for current congestion. If you look at our Michigan, um, our My Drive site, michigan.gov slash drive, it shows every work zone in the state on U.S. routes, M routes, and I routes. So all the state routes, every work zone in the state is on My Drive. You can look at that. And, well, I, I anticipate a slowdown here. Um, there could be construction work here. There's congestion here for whatever reason. Uh, but, again, it happens so quickly. Um, there could be any reason for it. It might not be maintenance. It might not be bridge work. It might not be a crash. It could be something else. But there are resources to know where some slow spots might be. But you have to be on high alert at all times. And that's tough when you're going, you know, 70, 75 miles an hour. Things happen so quickly. While I got somebody from MDOT on the line, I'm going to throw this suggestion out, and it's it might be, you know, to a certain extent, I'm doing it uh, a, a little cheekily as well, John, but it's okay. something that would be kind of nice. I've noticed over the last few years when we go into a construction site and it narrows from two lanes to one, there is the sign, you know, uh, a road narrows in a, in, a, in a mile or so, and then there's a sign that's attached to it called Take Turns. I, su- I suggest we add one more thing. Play nice. Take turns. <laughs> uh, yeah, play- there's a great video from the Minnesota DOT showing kids in cars, and they're, and they're taking turns in a zipper um, merge type situation. But, uh, yeah, people don't like that. They think uh, folks are cutting in line uh, when the zipper merge is in effect. And the whole point of the zipper merge is to use all, avail- all available re- real estate, right? So if there's a thousand cars in one lane. We want five hundred cars in both lanes, so the backups don't extend. And the great thing about a zipper merge is, when you do use all available real estate, um, the cars don't back up to the adjacent interchange or to a hill or to a curve, anything that might decrease line of sight. So 
zipper merges are in place for specific reasons, and not all work zones are zipper merges. But if they are, we want you to use both lanes. And exactly, you should play nice. Because if someone gets ahead of you in the other lane, are you really going to get to your destination that much later? No, it's probably going to tack on, what, 5, 10, 15 seconds? So, yeah, play nice, use both lanes, take turns at the merge point. If it is a zipper merge, it will be signed as a zipper merge very clearly so there's no confusion. So we need teamwork and we need um, cooperation from all motorists, and that's, and that's not an easy thing to do. We're talking with John Richard. He is with the Michigan Department of Transportation, the Grand Rapids office, talking about motoring safety. But we have the opportunity to take a look ahead in 2024 to some of the major construction projects involving the state trunk roads in the Holland-Zealand area. And for the last couple of years, we've had work on I-196 between Hudsonville and Zealand, it looks like that project is now done. I-196, very smooth now, uh, from the Ottawa County, Ottawa-Kent County line all the way through Ottawa County and into uh, Allegan County as well. What projects should we look for in 2024 in this area that motorists will need to be aware of? Well, the big one is business route. So interstate... 196 business route or business loop, as some people call it. Uh, this will be a reconstruction between US 31 and State 196. So basically from Zealand to Holland, right where we left off last year on the big project from Hudsonville to Zealand. So this will be the business route, a concrete inlay, and some resurfacing. And this is a $16.5 million job. So we're really good investment for that stretch of the business route. And if you look down, a lot of that pavement is the original. You see that big, round rock in that pavement, just like on 131 in downtown Grand Rapids, that's the original pavement. So it's it served us well, but it's definitely time for a rehab, and that's coming this year. Now, correct me on this or, 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 or and educate me a little bit on this, John. I re- I thought I remember seeing something last year about some major work coming to I-196 in the Grand Rapids, Granville, Wyoming area, uh, where I think the, 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 there's going to be major work between, say, uh, uh, 44th, which is uh, 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 the Rivertown exit, Rivertown Crossings exit, uh, all the way into GR and involves perhaps the uh, uh, work over the Grand River. Am I wrong about that? Is that still on? Enlighten me on that. That's what I know the bridge project. We were going to rehab the bridges, actually replace the bridges over the Grand River near Market on Interstate 196. So that project has been shelved uh, because the original amount um, was, I believe, a $100 million project, and we just don't have the funding to execute it right now. So the bridge is in good shape. Um, the reason the, they were being replaced is because there's, uh, they've got spread footing in the in the Grand River, and we want to drive those all the way down to bedrock. So uh, when you have spread footing in a river, you get something called scour critical, where the water kind of washes away the, the, the dirt and the sediment around the bridge piers. So we want to replace those with basically, you know, metal metal piers that go all the way down to bedrock. So that project has been shelved. 
itself, just because of the inflation, everything's so much more expensive. We don't have the funding to do it, um, but that'll be done at a, at a later date. Finally, John, let me pass on some uh, helpful websites for people to uh, not only follow what's going on with MDOT, but also a little bit about the effort toward zero deaths. What websites can people get more information on those on those initiatives? Uh, Michigan.gov slash MDOT is a great resource. We've got other information on our website. Uh, and, of course, uh, Michigan.gov slash drive. That shows every work zone in the state. You can follow us on, uh, what is it called, X now? It's no longer the Twitter. It's the X. You can follow us on X. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. So there's many resources um, to know before you go and hit the road. And you can follow our projects. Our, our, our major projects page has the major stuff that's coming up. We've got some work on 131 in Grand Rapids, on 96, on M6. So it's coming, and there's uh, plenty of resources out there to, to know before you hit the road. I will add one more website since I have it in front of me. Dealing with Michigan towards zero deaths, it's michigan.gov forward slash zero deaths to know more about trying to make roads safer in Michigan. It's a longtime goal of John Richard. He is with the MDOT office in Grand Rapids. We appreciate him joining us today on WHTC's Talk of the Town and spending a little bit of extended time talking about motoring safety and motoring projects. John, wish you and everyone at MDOT well. Look forward to chatting with you again soon. Well, thank you so much for having me. Be, uh, be safe out there.